0: You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit ScreeninginKingston.com. Oh, what an episode we have for you today. Taylor there are certain episodes that you and I know our fans are going to love or they've been waiting for and I think this this might be one of those
1: episodes. Drum roll please.
0: Well, I'm reviewing Mean Girls.
1: <laughs> why we we're, it's we've been looking forward to it. movie you know, a movie
0: musical. We've been talking about Mean Girls. Are
1: yeah, you going to sing a couple bars from the opening number?
0: You know, I can't remember what the opening number was. <laughs> or, or I would. Or I would. Or I would. <laughs>
1: but you've never, despite being um, tied to the theater, you've never sung for us. Can you sing? You're normally behind the scenes. <clears> as I the director. Uh,
0: yeah, I can. Uh, you've you know, been I can, known.
1: I can, Have you been known? I've
0: been I've been devil? known to to sing to sing a line here or there or a limerick, as you would. <laughs> um, I. I would describe myself as someone who can keep a tune, okay. but I would not describe myself as a singer. Um, I'm not tone deaf. Um, actually, that it actually, I have a decent ear for music, and that's what has prevented me from improving my singing because I'm so
1: critical of myself.
0: I can't so you could
1: be in like the chorus. It.
0: Oh, for sure. Because I could, I could follow a harmony line, and, and I, I have a good enough ear to stay on my line and not get confused. So right. I could 100% after all these chorus.
1: years, yeah. I'm still learning things about you. <laughs> yeah, I could.
0: I could, Yeah, and I've been in musicals. Like I've I've been in musicals before, but usually in the chorus. Right. And again, I can. I I don't think I would ever, and nor ha- was I ever able to sing a lead part, but definitely in the chorus, keep a tune. I know what I'm doing singing with other people. Yeah, for sure. That's okay. Still in case. But I I will say that. Considering me being in the theater, as you say, that gives me a really interesting uh, perspective in reviewing these kinds of movies. And it's really interesting to do that. And as you know, Taylor, because we've talked about it, but I haven't said on the show, I'm returning to the director's chair this yes. year. Yes. a musical. A musical. A musical. Yes, I am. I am directing a production of Guys and Dolls in Ottawa um, at the end of April. So is it we, you know.
1: a youth theater or are these adults you're directing?
0: No, these are adults, uh, full on adults, M- older than me. You can make many more now. experienced. I could, I could, well, I could. <laughs> before,
1: <laughs> but I will not Before was. it was in bad <laughs> taste. Exactly. exactly.
0: Oh, now I can be really <laughs> harsh because <laughs> I don't have to, because they're not, they're not the youths. So I could be our, we, yeah, we just held auditions and we had people of all ages come out for it and uh, it's going to be uh it's going to be something I haven't directed since um, 2015 2016 that area so it's been a while did you
1: just speaking of musicals and and walking down memory lane i Literally, like three days ago, it struck me to listen to the soundtrack of he- Heather's the Musical. Did Heather. you direct that Blue Canoe production? Or I did that not. No, that after? that
0: actually that. So, no, I was I was running Blue Canoe at the time, and I programmed. So, as the artistic director of Blue Canoe, I picked the show. Um, great, a, great but musical. but alongside with the director, whose idea it was, and that director Taylor has been on our show, Matt Salton. Matt Salton directed oh, Heather Blue Canoe. Snaps, yeah. <laughs>
1: snaps to Matt Salton. Yes, that was a great a, production. It was.
0: It was a fantastic production. Fantastic show. Matt uh, directed that. Now I do believe. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But I, I think Matt had a co-director because Blue Canoes rules around youth involvement. Like he, I think we teamed yeah. him up with a younger safe, director,
1: kind of or whatever. Yeah,
0: and like, well, and our mandate was under under thirty right so you have to be on the to participate. so the idea was like oh matt wants to do this we're like teaming up with reel out to like put this on we're doing this kind of part of other programming blue is doing so we teamed matt up with a youth director they did they worked on it together he was a great mentor he did a lot of hard work on that show it turned out really well yeah so that was matt
1: so uh that all being said we have lots to talk about (laughs) we have We have a lot of movie things to talk about. Yeah. I packed today. I mean,
0: we've got really we got a lot to go through because we've got the Mean Girls Review, obviously. You saw Past Lives.
1: Yeah, which is gonna big awards
0: buzz, buzz. big awards buzz around
1: that. And did you know has a Queens University connection? I didn't. The director went to Queens. Really? Yeah. I had psychology. For so psychology. All the more, I didn't know until after I was reading the Wikipedia page for it. So all, all the more exciting for us if she okay. wins an award.
0: That, we yep. can c- I, claim
1: that award as ours. As I'm specifically expecting you and I, I am, as Queens I am a, alumni. Yes, just
0: you and I as Queens alumni. <laughs> uh, and of course, the show being heard on Queens radio. Um, yes. we, we Now, I do believe she'll get nominated for, for Best Director. Like the buzz is she's going to get a nomination for an Oscar
1: was she nominated for um I want to say her name is um, Celia song yes yeah, Celine Celine song is the name Celine of the, song yes she's yeah. a direct she directed and wrote it did did they do well at the golden Globes
0: uh nominated for a lot of things don't uh, no think words. it won much um if anything now the problem with the golden Globes is you also don't get. The writing and technical awards at all, right? So it's all like actor director. So I know they had at least three nominations, but I don't think they won. But it would only be for director and then like two acting roles. Like they don't they don't like the Oscars get into production writing, editing, all those like other technical awards Mm -hmm. that that you often get. So yeah, I know it had a couple nominations, but I yeah they obviously yeah that's tough. And with Christopher Nolan this year, like I think it's going to be tough. For her to win, but I still think the nomination's coming. Yeah, and, Greta, and of I would be.
1: I think we'll get into this with the review, but um, I could see her being nominated for best original screenplay.
0: And if not that, this one hundred percent matters. But critics are sometimes a, a part of it because some of them are members still of in Hollywood. The, for the Critics' Choice Award, they received three nominations as well, including original screenplay, best picture, and best actress. So and original screenplay is also uh, Celine Song who who wrote she wrote directed as you said so they're getting buzz like they're they're yeah. starting to get uh, they're starting to get some some buzz and awards buzz and they're definitely getting a bunch of things so okay so they were nominated I just got to hear they were nominated for five Golden Globes but didn't win um,
1: she's a first they, time director though so I'm not surprised
0: yeah yeah um, that's doesn't surprise me. And either. it's a tough um, year, like
1: we talked about last week.
0: And I mean, it was no- nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama, too. So it's not, it is definitely getting nominations. It's a tough year. There's at least four or five movies that are good, like with Poor Things, Barbie, as we mentioned, Oppenheimer. Like it, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, past lives being mentioned with these good other films is really good. Yeah.
1: Good for Celine. It's excellent.
0: Um, so we got that. We've got a, a fun headline. <laughs> yes it's go over um we've also got some really interesting fan reaction and thoughts to my tirade last week um,
1: tri- willy wonka or no people were what did you uh, yell about
0: well a couple things there were some there were some strong <laughs> thoughts on my my opinions last week about i made a comment about mean girls and how I don't want to hear if the if if the oh, negative the, buzz that
1: lady that, yeah. that lady that young lady who's doing a horrible job in the media circuit.
0: No, it's actually not even her. Like that's the thing. Like the Renee Rapp comments, no one commented on, <laughs> which I was oh. surprised. Okay, that, like no one commented on that whatsoever. We're just it giving was, them
1: a chance to do it next week. Now, that we yeah, bring yeah, it that's up. true.
0: Yeah, no one came to Renee Rapp's defense. Which well,
1: she's <laughs> annoying everyone, I guess.
0: It's really interesting, but no, it was it was my comment saying the thing I don't. I, I I'm paraphrasing, but what I said was that people are quoting is I when when bad reviews come out for Mean Girls, I don't want to hear people complain about like white men and reviewing it and right like, like a race thing. That's the, that's basically what they're having. Uh, people are having some issues about. Um, but the what beings. I meant by that. What yeah, what I meant by that is Mean Girls is not, to me, the type of film that generally garners that type of attention anyway. One, because it's a remake of a beloved movie to begin with. And two, the 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 target audience of this may feel narrow, but I think people who liked the first Mean Girls are actually like widespread when it comes to gender and identity and who they are and age. And like I think I think there's a lot of people who really like that movie. So The point I was trying to make was you don't have an excuse. And sometimes, unfortunately, we're in a world where a bad movie will come out and it is female-led and suddenly when criticism is laid against it, there's this attitude of like, well, you can't really criticize it because you're just being, you're
1: being I know what you mean because it's like when the reboot of Charlie's Angels came out and people were like,
0: well, it failed,
1: it failed because, (laughs) um dudes didn't want to go see it. And then, and the other time that happened was with Captain Marvel. Right, which
0: the, which the Captain Marvel thing, like, I think because Marvel hadn't done a female-led superhero thing, they were kind of reacting a little bit. Now Captain Marvel ended up doing very well. But like, I, don't know angels,
1: I didn't see the charlie's angels movie. i did like from my understanding <laughs> it sucked it, it just was, was not good atrocious
0: so, what you're saying, <laughs> it like, was the is worst thing
1: people will often shoot from the hip and say well it, it didn't do well because um it's just it's cool to hate on girl movies and right, that's why right. it fe- failed and which like, i'm not no, saying those failed. people don't
0: exist yeah
1: it failed because it wasn't a good exactly movie. that's why I, like what <laughs> I i'm think saying is your point that was your yes. point right My, what
0: i'm saying is is that good movies transcend those few idiots who do think that i'm not naive i know there are men out there who think that way what i'm saying is it's not such a huge majority that it can ruin your movie if your movie's good it's going to surpass it and there's been tons of examples of that through history of of movies that are female-led or etc doing very well there's also lots of examples of the movies we just named Charlie's Angels remake, um, Captain Marvel, that were praised by male critics. You know, sometimes they, I agree with what they think and sometimes I don't. And I think at the end of the day, it's just it's it's one of those lazy narratives that I think I'm fed up and I didn't want to hear. Now, I've also now seen Mean Girls. So I feel like I can make comments of it having seen it. And I can even comment on any critical response, or what have you, because I've actually seen the movie sometimes online you get people defending or not defending something or attacking something when they've never seen it. Seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think even annoys me more, but one thing Taylor that I just want to bring up, and I don't know what your opinion is going to be on this, but this is why we have this show to talk about these things. Isn't it kind of backwards thinking that men would have an issue seeing like women in the movie? Like, I'm not trying to be like gross here or anything, but like as like a male, if I'm going to see it, like I'm not going to complain that there are like women in the movie. Like that's not like I was gonna say something
1: very controversial. Oh, were <laughs> you? Say, the only time a man's gonna complain about the lady is if she's not good looking. Well,
0: okay. Yeah, <laughs> like you the leads not no, good you're...
1: looking enough.
0: <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. There are there are idiots who those too gross do that guys. Are, yes, those gross guys do. Okay, true, true, true. That's fair enough. And I think but I guess, see, like, yeah, I that guess was
1: th- the that was one of the complaints about Captain Marvel. She's not hot enough.
0: Which is which is absolutely ridiculous, but for many many reasons. Um, But and we we had that debate on this show. We talked about that on the show where I was like, "Are you like those people are stupid?" Yeah, like there's not like Brie Larson is perfectly beautiful, and there's nothing wrong there. But again, like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Everyone has their own taste interests. I'm just saying that like those are the things that just get to me sometimes. Where I'm like, I'm trying to like review a movie here and Give comments on it, and then when you see people like you can't even like make a comment anymore in the negative sphere because, like, well, where's it coming from?
1: Well, I'm the type of yeah, person you're just a to... dude you didn't yeah. like because you're a boy, like, I didn't like it because were... it sucked. <laughs> like, that was it. like
0: when a movie's good, I will praise it, um, even if I don't necessarily uh like the genre. You're, for oh, yeah, you're
1: not the the quote-unquote target audience, right? No, yeah,
0: which I feel, i feel to be fair, I'm not, like, the target audience for me, girls, but I also, like, eh, we can have a bigger discussion one episode. Like, I don't really believe in target audiences personally, but, like, whatever, we can talk about it. Mike, our
1: listeners should know you're probably the most well-rounded critic because, as a reminder, you did a wonderful service to our listeners and reviewed Clifford the Big Red Dog. Seriously, you went in with your reviewer hat on you sat down and you watched that movie. So I think you're really the best critic out there. You, I, you do I it
0: have all. A, I have a history of, of Taylor never getting any credit for anything, so it's fine. But the clip <laughs> with the big red dog thing, I think you bring up a good point. Like, I will never forget that movie-watching experience, uh, and I did it for the fans. Yeah. Uh, these ungrateful fans. No, it's fine. I'm just I'm just joking around. So uh, what, I, I always read? appreciate... I always appreciate the comments from fans. I always appreciate the Are the you going to read some of them? I can. Uh, we kind of just answered it, though. Sure. Um, but I can read. I can read some yeah. comments. Um, they're mixed in here with all our Scott Pilgrim comments. I got to say, the they amount of questions. Scott yeah, the amount of just, like, <laughs> questions I'm getting from people who seem very confused. And part of the issue is, is the website isn't updated. So right. that's that's my fault, obviously. And we've talked about it. But just to remind people. It's uh, forget the website. You can still use all the forms on there and submit and we will receive it. So even though the website isn't updated, feel free to still send stuff in. It's not a problem. Or
1: email, email. Yeah. Our emails working
0: again. Anytime our emails are totally fine. They're working. Anytime anyone sends in a question, I do answer you about the movie club. So feel free. I know currently I'm pretty sure it says a man called Otto still on there. (laughs) So you can fill out that form still. And send it in, or they're below it, there's a general movie club sign-up form. The forms still work. Just letting everyone know. Um, okay, let's let's read some comments here. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep people's names out of it. I don't want to. start thinking. You don't
1: want to shade anyone. You don't yeah, and I an and frankly, food.
0: frankly, if there was if any of these people, you know, I I don't know. I would I I'm responding on air, but I I'm happy if you're listening out there, and I read your comment now. And you want more of an answer than what i gave i'm happy to respond to you via email um okay so we had this person write in and said i was a little bit shocked by your comments near the end of the show uh about male critics being (laughs) being criticized for their comments around female driven movies i feel like that's a comment coming from someone who doesn't understand that this happens all the time where you end up getting a lot of male critics bashing female-led movies or female directed movies for no reason. Uh, look at Barbie as an example.
1: So I, I didn't see any negative neither reviews did
0: Barbie. Neither did I. I did I. I didn't ever say I, anything negative about I Barbie. Gave the I, most negative, did.
1: I gave the most negative review of Barbie that I saw. <laughs> of all the reviews out there, I feel like mine was the most negative.
0: Most of the reviews I saw... Whether I don't again, male female doesn't really matter to me. Whoever reviewed it, I I listened to a lot of different reviews and read reviews. Most of the Barbie comments were like slightly more positive than Oppenheimer, like in the comparison of the bunch. And I think I sort of agreed that that like Barbie had a lot of great points, but like they both they both were really good movies. And I don't mean to compare them, but I don't remember specifically seeing Barbie bashing out there. Um, I think you have people like politicians on certain sides and you know saying things and doing things and trying to like weaponize like they will things like that and maybe people get confused or they think that that's the way everyone thinks but depending upon what reviewers you're listening to pretty much it was universal praise for barbie i think the meanest comments i ever heard about barbie were they felt that the movie wasn't actually that original um and that it was ideas that have been explored before um and they were expecting something a little more creative and different. And I think even Taylor, you had a lot of those points, yep. but yeah, I don't remember negative. TV the part.
1: most negative reviews I saw were of Christian people saying that it was not a good movie for Christian. Oh, really? But that was <laughs> again, you, we've talked about this before, Mike, I walk in two worlds. So the media, that's, true. That, that's very true. Is <laughs> very <laughs> interesting. Um, very true. But yeah, not to, yeah. I sure, sorry. I always come out hot and I don't want to belittle that person's comment. They may very well have read negative reviews of Barbie, but in my personal opinion, aside from those Christian bloggers, I did not see negative stuff about Barbie. I just don't know. But the the point taken, you know, the bashing female directors for the sake of bashing. It it does happen. It does happen. I'm not, we don't live in la la land. We know that happens. And I think at
0: the end of the day, the question I always ask someone when I'm having these types of discussions is well, how many people is it? And why does it matter if it's one or two yeah. or five or seven when like 150 are saying one thing? Like, that's the thing about the internet. The The internet has not changed the world. What it has done is opened up the world. So now you learn more about the world and you know that there are more different types of people out there than you thought because you lived in whatever isolation. So you can now find someone. If I Google right now, you find someone who, who bashed Barbie and praised Barbie. Like it's so, you can find anything. You can find things that aren't true as well like that's that's just the way things have opened up now so i guess it just depends where you look and why are you listening to reviewers that openly bash something for reasons that you feel are not fair to the movie like why don't you just not listen to those reviews anymore
1: why don't that you would would just be my response. cancel mic i'm joking i'm
0: joking <laughs> <laughs> greater I, people I, have I tried kid. i kid okay <laughs>
1: Next comment, next
0: question. Next comment, next comment. Um, I was a little confused by your comments near the end of the show. Are you concerned that because you yourself are reviewing a movie that seems to be targeted towards females that you won't be taken seriously, or are you just more concerned that there's noise that will be created out there by people who are either male or female attacking the other side? One of the things that I really liked about this—oh, this person contradicts this next person. The literally thing I liked about last year was Barbie felt like a movie that everyone got behind. It didn't feel like to be <laughs> defined by gender or anything like that. That's I'm just wondering Jeanette where the comments <laughs> comes from. Yeah, see, there you go. Like that's like <laughs> two like Yeah, you're
1: completely ex- different experiences of in the, the same world. Issue.
0: <laughs> in the world I lived in, Barbie was an experiment that really to me is the thing I point to that proves that there's nothing wrong with the world. Like there's a lot of good that can come out of it because everything positive around Barbie and Oppenheimer and embracing those movies and dressing in pink, that was self-created by fans. That was not a studio led marketing campaign. And when he went to the movie theater, everyone was doing that. I wore pink to bar like what it wasn't like what's the big deal? So I I guess my point is I don't care who the person is who's giving a review of the movie. I'm more interested in talking about the context of the movie, but I am sick and tired of movies and studios. And like, we've seen it. Like, I can't remember the director's name of, of Charlie's Angels, but them, whoever that is, and Brie Larson and other people like making excuses for, for just bad, terrible things. There's a really fantastic phrase in sports I like. Like a common thing that's said, where no one complains when the team is winning, and that's one thing that I believe about movie. You're not going to hear a lot of people complain if the movie's good. You like, you're really not. You might get think pieces here, or there, little things. Well, you don't have to listen to that. Ninety-five percent of the population loved Barbie. Good enough. Move on. Uh, another fan comment here. Um, oh, this one is about Renee Rapp. Um, let me first. <laughs> let me first start by saying. I actually agree that Renee Rapp seems quite awkward in interviews, and I'm not saying anything to say that that's not true. However, I do think it's a little unfair to put the onus on actors and performers in this way to self-promote the movie. They are actors, they're performers first. They're not always media trained. They don't always have the savvy. I don't really understand why this has to be part of their contracts and has to be part of what they do. Can't the movies self-promote themselves without having to drag actors who clearly aren't comfortable with it into awkward situations? I don't think it's very fair to them.
1: Well, I guess it gets to the that commenter gets to the heart of the issue that it's part of their contracts. So like, fair enough you don't think it should be part of their contracts. Maybe that's an antiquated Part of the job left over from the studio system. Maybe I don't know. I don't really know the history of uh, contracts in that regard. But in the current moment, it is part of their contracts. So give the girls some media training, like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, the heck? Like, I
0: like, let, let's be, let's be, let's be clear on this. It's the faults of the studio or the marketing department. Whoever they set did her up to fail. Her. Yes, that I'm not. I'm not blaming her. I'm saying that at the end of the day, someone should have
1: prepped, intervened.
0: intervened and done some kind of media prep that is on. So I do I do agree with what this listener said that you should you should prep. And it's not the only one. what I think I was making last week in the rant that I went on is like you as the actors perform. I think you have to sometimes step outside yourself for a minute. And just remember do your like, job, <laughs> I've got to do my job here and I have to figure out, wait, if I if, if if I'm coming off awkward, if it's not great, then part of the onus needs to be on you to try to do something to to mitigate it, because it is part of your job to sell the movie. And I do think we've seen that it's important. We've seen that movies and studios want to wait till actors are available to promote their movies like we saw well, on the strike that's... with things being pushed back and everything. Like, we need, we need them to promote their movies.
1: I think why it's part of contracts is because, quote-unquote, star power. Like, we... There's been a lot of think pieces. I shouldn't say a lot, but there's been at least one think piece done in recent years about how um, the, quote-unquote, star system is dead. Like, we don't have Hollywood stars anymore. Which I don't um,
0: agree with, personally. But.
1: I'm on the fence. I want to do more thinking around it. But, um, the... Again, from the studio system, like, we have these stars that people have become obsessed with. And we're obsessed about their lives. We have our favorite stars. We want to know all about them. And these press tours, um, in a sense, are a way for us to get to know our favorite actors. And it's, you know... At the end of the day is promoting a movie but really we watch those press tours because we want to get those little snippets about their lives what did they eat when they were on set who did you know what i mean so yes uh, there's 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 a reason like from a marketing and pr point of view why they have the stars do the press whether that commenter agrees with it that's that's their personal opinion but from a business and public relations and marketing point of view, there's a reason why the stars are the ones out there promoting the movies. Because it gets uh, think, butts and yeah. seats. That's the same re- I, reason why we read um, BuzzFeed and ma- we don't read magazines anymore. But, you know, that's why um, TMZ, all of those things. We want to yeah. know about the celebrities. We want to be friends with them.
0: And at the end of the day, the reason why I, I don't agree that the idea of the star is dead is because of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. True. And it was um, the most watched Tom, thing. Watch, watched, watched thing. Tom Cruise.
1: Yep.
0: Taylor Swift. How many people watch football on Sundays, every Kansas City Chiefs game because they want to see Taylor Swift? I've, I've seen 20. I, I, I was on, um, what do you call it? The, the YouTube. I was on YouTube. <laughs> the YouTubes. <laughs> the YouTubes. And sometimes you get like TikTok reels that go yep. in and you see them. I think I could count up to 20 in one sitting of, of uh, people recording their daughters or like little kids watching the chiefs football game and, and watching cause of Taylor Swift. Right. And it's only murders in the building. How many people watch cause of Selena Gomez who are younger? I bet you a lot. So yeah. that, those are the things I point to that are like, well, that's why that's how stardom isn't, isn't dead. So, yeah, it's it's I think we need them to to promote their movies, but I, I don't think it's necessarily their fault. And in a little bit, we'll talk about Renee Rapp's performance in the movie, ooh, ooh, which to ooh, me which is, is at the end of the day is the most important thing yes. is the performance of the movie. Um, we, we do have to move on, though, because you've got a headline and we got two movies to review. Um, Thank you, though. And we do appreciate when any time anyone writes in and thank you for those Love thoughts. It. We try to address things on air best we can continue to write in. And, and I mean it. If you feel there was something I said in my response that wasn't sufficient, and you want me to directly respond to your email, email me again, and we will respond to you. That will not be a problem. We can take our time to do that because we appreciate it. Taylor, what's going on in the world of uh, movie people? Speaking of of
1: stars, (laughs) or not stars, maybe, depending on who you believe.
0: Depending upon, yeah, who this is, too.
1: Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore defended May-December after a real-life victim spoke out against the film. And the subheading says, Netflix's May-December shares eerie similarities to a 1997 case, but the film's main stars are adamant the movie is not based on real-life people. So... If people remember, I reviewed a couple weeks ago now, May, December, and it is about Natalie Portman plays an actress who is following Julianne Moore, who um, uh, essentially grooms a child and then ends up getting pregnant by them and marrying them. And um, they're saying that it is not exploiting an actual true crime story, which I alluded to on the episode. In 1997, a school teacher did that. She had an affair with her a sixth grade student, ends up getting pregnant, and then married him. That's you know that that was a real life story. And they're claiming that no, the movie is not based on that true life crime. This movie is not a biopic. It is about Natalie Portman's character and Julianne Moore's character, and um, essentially just deal with it. (laughs) And so the The young man who was in this illegal relationship, the real, the real man, um, says that he is not pleased with May-December's similarity to his real life, um... I think his last name is pronounced Villy. I'm still alive and well, Villy says. If they have reached out to me, we could have worked together on a masterpiece. Instead, they chose to do a rip off of my original story. And again, Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman are saying, no, no, no. This is a original story. It says, I think this is Natalie Portman uh, being quoted. Obviously, their story influenced the culture that we all grew up in and influenced the idea but it's fictional characters that are really brought to life by Julian Moore and Charles Melton so beautifully. It's its own story. It's not meant to be a biopic. I call BS. Mike, this movie aside all they did was change the occupation of Julian Moore's character and made the young victim a year older. You're <laughs> so telling me you're telling me that's it. not that's not based on that story?
0: And someone's trying to cover their butt.
1: Yeah, now <laughs> they're like ooh we did bad. And they even, um, they even allude to in the movie at a certain point saying like they – because the – I think they – I'm pretty sure this was a scene where it was like, you know, your story is essentially public domain because of the tabloids, but I wanted to speak to you directly. So, like, mm-hmm. that's like what they did. They just took tabloid stories because they're in the mm-hmm. public domain and, like, made a movie. So, anyways, I got BS. I watched the movie and then read about the crime. And I'm like, yep, pretty obvious. I think even the Wikipedia page says loosely based on the 1997 notorious case. So, I don't know. Are you, They have to be deluded to think. I think it's exactly what you said, Mike. They're just covering their butts. They don't want to look like exploiters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that's that's exactly what they're doing, just trying to cover it. Because I imagine that even if they took liberties with it, they clearly had heard this story, took it and went, OK, we could run with it. What are the details? We can tweak a little bit here and there. Um, I yeah,
1: it's, think it's the classy thing would have been to apologize. To say we're worse. Th- yes. Yes. The, say it's an original story, but we took inspiration from your case, and we're sorry that we the, the didn't problem approach is you. A,
0: a lawyer wouldn't like that because right. that opens oh, you up. Especially sued. in the states, you could right, you could definitely sue. Right? You, you know, you've got to deny, 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 plausible deniability. Um,
1: Anyways, so yeah, so.
0: that's that might be the morally right thing to do, but yeah, it probably would. True.
1: Backfire. I didn't think about. I forgot how litigious Americans are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you can get sued for a lot over there. <laughs> so, I guess technically here too. I mean, it's a little harder in Canada, but
1: yeah. yeah. So that was my headline. I just think, like, Great what on. are you, like, are you?
0: What are you doing? Are
1: you, yeah, what are you doing? You what a, what exploited an his story.
0: What an interesting movie and an interesting kind of like buzz around it. And a lot of people don't know really what to think of it to begin with. And now you get like, a story like this. Like it's kind of. Funny.
1: I I personally feel that the story is so similar to the real life case that this would should be in an adapted screenplay category of the Oscars. That's my personal opinion.
0: Isn't there a debate? No, that's not a debate around that. It's a debate around something else. Barbie. Barbie's where there's right.
1: That's, that's right being now. making headlines because yeah. they want to put it in that's the adaptive category. It. That or is they, that they,
0: they, 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 yeah, the Oscars have it in adaptive. And,
1: and they wanted they, the creators wanted it an original,
0: original, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an is and what I I imagine then, yeah, it's it's interesting. I bet you they'll put May December though in in original to avoid yeah. any um any potential legal But to me, control. it's an
1: it's an adaptation of the tabloids.
0: That's certainly of the real what it story. That's how
1: like, I read yeah. it as. But yeah. of course, again litigiously like law-wise they're like no 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 this is an original story
0: yeah <laughs> no. yeah i i just honestly thought that yeah it was based on something that really happened and that was <laughs> at the end of it yeah yeah weird uh there you go okay we've got uh, we got two movies to review uh we got mean girls and past lives uh where do you want to begin taylor
1: well let's uh torture our fans and leave mean girls for the end that way All we right. have to listen to the rest of the ha- half hour of the show. That sounds good. <laughs> so I reviewed Past Lives, which I had mentioned at the top of the the um, episode. This is written and directed by a Korean-Canadian um, uh, woman named Celine Song. I, I was going to call her a filmmaker, but this is her first movie. So I guess you can call her a filmmaker. She actually... Um, uh, was in theater, Mike. She was a, a theater writer, a play okay. writer, before yeah. taking a turn at um, a film. And this is semi-autobiographical in the sense that the main character is inspired by real life events of her own. So that's an interesting question. Should this be in the adapted <laughs> screenplay category?
0: <See>, to <laughs> me, thing to me, no. Like to to me, adaptive.
1: It's, it's has based to come on real life source material. Yeah.
0: Like, it's got to be a book or something Like, her something life isn't source material. Down. Yes, which to me is original. Yeah, okay. Right. So,
1: uh, and like I mentioned, Celine Song um, went to Queens, I think in the 80s, um, and studied psychology. And then she went on to, oh, uh, she got a, uh, one of those MFAs or whatever. Um, Columbia University MFA. So, pretty cool. Pretty neat. Well, oh, she's only in her... Th- She's only 35, Mike. So could she have been at Queens the same time you were at Queens?
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs> Wait, Interesting. she's only 35?
1: Yeah. She, okay, so she graduated from. <laughs> I, her, uh, well, wow, okay. Well,
0: yeah. She
1: graduated from playwriting in 2014. So she would have been at Queens 2013. Or, or like, you know, depending on if she I, took a break or not.
0: I was. At Queens, yeah, what I was at Queens from 2006 to like 2012, 2013, because I had started as a part-time student. So I was okay. there about six oh. years.
1: Uh-huh. Um.
0: So yes, run
1: into this this young lady. Um. Well, she, and maybe, but okay,
0: but she what did she study at
1: Queens? Psychology. Okay, so, so it's it wasn't not like she, she, was she was in, in the film. drama she, department no, she or film it. or.
0: Because even if she took those classes, whatever, like I, it would be probably more the lectures and things in passing. Okay. Okay. So me, but yeah, we probably were at Queens at the same time.
1: Some of our listeners may know her. Long time Queen's connection. So anyway, that's that's an interesting little um, tidbit. So the movie is about um, a woman who ends up taking the name Nora as an English name. She emigrates to first Toronto as a young girl at the age of 12 and then ends up in New York. And the movie essentially follows a evolving friendship she has with um, a young man um, back home in Korea. They were childhood friends. They lose um, touch. They get you know. They after she immigrates, they they kind of lose each other. Then um, twelve years later, they find each other. I think on like Facebook maybe. And then the movie does another twelve year time jump, and we we kind of see them again. This is one of those movies that is very character driven. Not a lot happens. You know, like it's like okay, we see them when they're twelve. We see them when they're twenty four. We see them when they're 36, essentially. Um, And it's kind of about how people come in and out of our lives. And why does that happen? Like, why are we able to maintain connections with people? Mm -hmm. Um, What do those connections mean? Um, If we were in a different time in a different place, um, would this connection be different? So it's considered a drama slash romance movie Mm. um it is interesting because it's filmed in both korean and english so i thought it was a very um a very interesting so you know it's um and um i i think it's an american production but the movie's predominantly in korean because this main character even though she lives in America it's this relationship with this childhood friend who only speaks Korean so it was like it's very it's filmed in an interesting way I long time listeners of the show will know that I have an affinity for immigrant stories because of my grandmother so there's always something about the immigrant story that really like tugs on my heartstrings and just makes me really wistful (laughs) and like thoughtful um so I really enjoyed this movie I understand why it's getting a lot of buzz. I would say that it's a very stripped down movie. Like it's not, you know, like the production's very grounded. It's very realistic. Like there's shots of her in her Columbia, like her New York apartment wearing like a Niagara Falls t-shirt. Like it's just like, it just seems very authentic. Um, It's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's the main critique I would maybe have is that you can definitely tell she's a playwright because some of the dialogue you're like, oh real people don't talk that way. You know
0: what <laughs> I mean? Like <laughs> Right, right. Which does which unfortunately does happen sometimes in plays because there is yeah. like especially the like in theater, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit in, in the movie I'm reading. It's a little more poetic. It's, it's poetic. It's a little more overdone, over the top, bigger. Gross. You know, it's interesting, Taylor, how every week we seem to somehow find a connection to the two movies hey. and talking about that Hello like connection back to the stage theater Tyler is this week yeah <laughs> um w- wait why Tyler why because why he was the thing? one
1: who originally brought up the fact that him and his wife um, will often pick two random movies and right, then right. discuss afterwards what the connections were. So oh, I credit just like Tyler
0: randomly. Vance. Well, oh,
1: yeah. We haven't talked about <laughs> like Tyler Vance just- in a long time. Yeah, so. randomly
0: being shout like, out. yeah, shout out to shout Tyler, Tyler Vance. Vance. We'll give, we'll, we'll give Hope him your baby's credit for doing this well.
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's the one who originally like brought up that um, on the show. I think I credit him for kind of having us think that way so that's yeah this this literary or this um theater connection this week so i and in the movie the character like the real life writer is a playwright um her husband is a is a literary writer which is true in real life um and in the movie her father is a filmmaker so anyways it's just um i thought like it's a quote-unquote simple movie in the sense that like it doesn't have like grandiose plot points. You know, the costumes aren't dazzling or anything. It's pretty contained. Like a lot of, I would say, um, like a third of the movie is like them communicating on Skype, <laughs> which was, it was an interesting way to film it. So anyways, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. Excuse me. I really enjoyed this movie and I can understand why it's getting buzzed. It was released at an awkward time. It came out in the summer and was kind of one of those movies that if you weren't really paying attention to smaller movies, you probably missed it, especially because it came out around the time of Barbie and Oppenheimer. I think it was at the screening room in the summertime, but it was like sandwiched in between other movies. So Mm. at that time, I don't know if it was getting as much buzz. It did come off. It was like critically acclaimed at Sundance, like got rave reviews there it has a very high rating on Raw Tomatoes. Not that that matters, but just to let our viewers know, because it's a smaller movie. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a pretty, um, I, the word that keeps coming to mind is like self-contained. I don't know. So I think it's worth, it's to me, it's a see it. Um, I think some people may find it a little slow. Um, and that's just because like, again, not a ton of stuff happens, but I think it's an enjoyable, um, slow slow watch and it doesn't have like um tidy answers you know what i mean which i think is nice to sometimes ponder like this is a nice movie that will kind of get you thinking and feeling Mm -hmm. and um in a good way so ultimately it's a see it i don't think because it's such a small movie i know like it got a lot of buzz at sundance but like first time director first time um screenwriter I don't think it's gonna win any major awards, but I think it is a deserved nomination. So it'll be interesting to see um, what else this young director has, uh, or if she's a one trick pony. She's already yeah. mined her life, so like, where do you go from there? But I'm sure she has lots of stories. I'm sure she has tons, of- <laughs> and hopefully, maybe, maybe we'll get like a Queens movie. That
0: would Who be knows? interesting. Who knows? That'd be interesting. If the villain's name is Mike, then we know
1: Mike. You have such a bad <laughs> no. memory. You probably could have sat next to this woman in like five lectures, and you like one hundred percent have, that is, I have no idea. You brought
0: that up, the minute you brought that up that we went pretty much at the same time. We're probably at Queens. That is the first thing I thought of. Like, oh no! <laughs> like, what if you could I don't remember
1: a <laughs> it have
0: It's so terrible. It could have been just yeah. It could be terrible. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll we'll find out. Well, there you go. Past lives. Check it out. Um okay. Here we go. Mean Girls 2024. Um Taylor Taylor Taylor. <laughs> so, this movie, first of all, I'm going to say to just reiterate, I think it's fair to compare the movie back to the original.
1: I think when it's insane you not move- to.
0: Well, when well, some people think you shouldn't but I think whenever you make a remake and you call it the same thing, you should be able to compare it back to the original. Just
1: just a quick note, Mike. Have you noticed that in the marketing, um, I don't know if they changed this after all the uproar, but the um I don't know, in one of the letters of meaningful. There's Girls, a musical note. Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> so Taylor, that's been there. That's been there since the beginning.
1: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> And we were the idiots for not know, not recognizing it. I guess
0: so. and I never saw it. I never saw it till recently and I went and I went back and watched the first trailer and it's there. There
1: you
0: go. So I'm like, I, I never caught there was a musical.
1: Music. And if you zoom in, it says it's the too musical in the subtle That's
0: not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> no. Anyway, I don't know I don't know why Hollywood is ashamed Doing of musicals, this. but um, we press for it. So the first thing I'm gonna say about this movie is, um i'm gonna praise the cast i think it's i think everyone's very good they can all sing they play their roles in terms of what they're given to the best of their abilities we'll talk more about that in a bit but i think you can tell the cast is having fun they're having a good time with it and they embrace the musical silliness which i like Um, and this is one of the rare movie musical movies that use the convention of a movie to enhance their musical numbers. There's an entire musical number that takes place, not the entire time, but most of it over like someone recording a TikTok video. Right. And then a bunch of phones pop up on the screen and everyone's doing the thing. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You can't do that on stage. So do it on film. Like that's the cool stuff that I wish cats did. Where it's just like, oh, and now we're here on stage. No, you, one location is what you're limited to on, in theater. But in film, else. you can do cool stuff. So I will praise the directors for for trying different things and doing different things. And I will praise this cast. Renee Rapp is a fantastic singer. Um, sings extremely well. She's not the only one, though. Like, I would say the three female leads. So so you've got, like, Regina, Katie, and uh, Janice. Yeah. Are kind of like the main few. All three of them, all their songs are wonderfully sung. All of them can sing really well. They, all of them kind of steal the show really. Like the three of them have the most to do and they do a great job. Now, this movie is almost exactly the same as the original Mean Girls movie. There's not much, with music, with, there's not much that's different. The plot is essentially the same. Minor variations, but very minor. couple things changed. Some jokes added and obviously music. The old jokes for me didn't really land because I've Apparently, heard them before.
1: But Tina Fey said she wrote rewrote a bunch of jokes because they haven't aged well.
0: Yeah, she rewrote. that. Definitely, It definitely was a modern take. Like it was for high schoolers now right. versus high schoolers 20 years ago. Like definitely that is true. And a lot of the new jokes worked well. Like there were, there were, I mean, this is a movie that is a musical comedy, right? Like at the end of the day, it's a comedy. I still think I laughed eight times, which is not enough for a comedy. Like I had maybe eight moments of like, oh yeah, that was funny. And the new jokes (laughs) and the times that they did stray away from the original material worked for me. And the new stuff was, I think the best elements of seeing this movie, the old stuff, felt like a very pale imitation and that's nothing against any of these people at all it's a great cast they can all sing they can all act but they are nothing in comparison to the original cast they're just not some of the best examples are so you know Karen who's like who who was um She's like the dim-witted one. Yeah,
1: Amanda one. Seyfried. Yeah, Amanda Seyfried.
0: So Amanda Seyfried played that with like kind of an airiness and aloofness to it, like not really knowing, like being being dumb, but in kind of like that awe, kind of like oh, yeah. you're you're kind of dumb. I, I, Ava Tinka is the name of, of the performer here who played Karen. Just straight up played it as stupid, which was fine, but it comes off very different to me. One is, like, just, like, lump on a stump stupid. And the other is, like, airy dumb, but still kind of, like, endearing. And she just couldn't capture that airy quality. But I can say that about every single person in here. Like, Renee Rapp as Regina. Great singer. But over-the-top acting at times that makes sense on stage that don't make sense in a movie. There's just some facial expressions and moments where I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's over like you're not on stage.
1: That and that shows her inexperience, right? It shows her inexperience on um on screen.
0: And directing and the yeah,
1: and the whoever I don't did Tina Fey direct this one?
0: No, this was a co-directing pair.
1: Oh Samantha Jane
0: and Arturo Perez
1: Jr. Don't know. Don't
0: know. I don't know either of them. So they were, the, they were the directing combo. And again, as I said, they had some really nice moments where both of them like did really well with the music. I think they clearly understand musical theater. And from a movie musical, this was one of the better adaptations because they did fun things with the music. With that being said, it's not my style of music. I think it was all forgettable. There's one or two interesting songs, but otherwise I can't remember a single tune from it, like at all. Like I, do you, I don't remember any of the songs really. Maybe you, well, one, maybe one.
1: Do you know if they wrote new music for the movie, or is this just, or is this from the stage production?
0: Not that I know of. Um, the like big, I know like like they always do. Yep. There's so many mus- musical numbers in a stage production that you always cut it down, right? Um. So I think if anything, there's a bunch missing. I don't know if they wrote uh, a new song. Um. And again, that's nothing that like Renee Rapp, Agora Rice, who plays Katie. Um. Janice, who is the girl who plays Moana, all three of them, fantastic singers. Even the supporting cast. All can sing. Everybody can sing. But they just, they all lacked something. I could go character by character and point out something that I felt they I just I think
1: the problem lacked. is that Mean Girls is just so iconic. And it really launched the career of, of a lot of those actresses. Um, not Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan. I guess... Lindsay Lohan was, was kind was of a famous one. Yeah, yeah she was huge. Time. But um, Rachel McAdams and Amanda Seyfried, like this really was like one of their breakout mm-hmm. movies. And to like remain two of some of the best actresses we have working right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think they're like, both still very, working. Yes, yeah, still very talented. And I, I'm still rooting for Lindsay Lohan after her big comeback. In her Netflix Christmas movie, let's see more of you. She just had a baby though, so maybe she'll take a break. I don't know. But and um, she had
0: a fun she had a fun cameo in this movie. She got
1: paid five hundred thousand dollars to do that cameo. Well, good for her. <laughs> I saw and that it was fun. Maybe that was kind of worth right? it.
0: Like it was kind of worth it. Like it was it was at a good point in the movie for her to have a cameo. It was good.
1: I just i I think your comparisons are completely valid and um. Yeah, like, it's, it's so, I icon- that it's just such iconic performances that, like, even, like, the woman who plays Janice, who I think might be in Marvel movies. She's acting, too, still. Um, but I think it's just, like.
0: She's, she also was a big, I remember her from when I was in high school because she was on a couple big TV shows I watched. Like, yeah. she was a big teen star before doing that.
1: So I don't, I just, I hear ya. It's, and also that translating theater actors to movies, it's not the same. Like that big. No,
0: no. And it's, and it's just, there was just moments that I felt could have been handled a little bit better and done a little bit better. That kind of throws me for a loop for a second. And I also think like a key difference here is this movie felt like it moved a lot faster where in the original movie, I felt there was more character development for Gretchen and Karen as, like, Regina's sidekicks. So you kind of, like, feel for them a little bit more. So when they portray her, you kind of understand what they're going through. I felt like those two characters were kind of pushed to the side in this movie. and Regina then very
1: musical-esque. Thought, yes. You know, yes, because Regina painting.
0: and Katie and Janice have the most songs. Like, yep. they're, they're the ones you're going to focus on. Which makes total sense. And even, like, the relationship between Katie and... Janice I felt was underdeveloped like by the time they start getting close I don't think we've seen enough like I remember from the original Rumi them them bonding more and it seemed like it just happened instantaneously like it was too quick and that takes me out of a movie because you've got to me you got to build up like the first to break this movie down the first half hour of this movie I think got stuck in in having to do the same setup and being the original Mean Girls movie now, once the movie got going and started to stray off into different directions, that's to me, was the most enjoying, enjoyment part, the most entertaining part, the part that I think is worth it. And there's a couple, like, catchier, upbeat numbers in a row that are all decent. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is fun. But like most modern musicals, it lacks that catch catchy number that I'm singing as I'm leaving the theater. It's not in here. It's lacking, to me... Some something of a translation from from stage to movie, where like I can I can looking at the movie, I can kind of see why a stage production of this would be a lot of fun. But I felt like the movie just wasn't; it just didn't get there, like it just didn't make it for me. Now I want to very quickly talk about something because we talked a lot about John Hamm
1: and why um, and why he was in. and why he's in this movie.
0: <laughs> Taylor, I still don't know. Almost every scene he's in, we saw in the trailer.
1: Oh. So do you think they were marketing to, like, our age
0: group? Maybe. Maybe they're just, like, for the the teachers. Yeah, like, for the teachers or the moms, we need to have something. Like, we need to, like, anyone who's older, anyone who, like, for all these teachers, we got to, like, throw in. But he's the only one who's, like, really well-known. Like, I recognize Ashley Park, who plays a teacher. She's been in a couple of things. And obviously, Tim Meadows and Tina Fey are both back reprising their roles. But John Hamm, it makes no sense because the whole storyline around the coach is cut. That's not with in him sleeping the, with the... Yeah, that's not in here. It's, I don't know if it's in the musical, but it's not in this movie. So hmm. he has no. He doesn't have a game. He, he doesn't have he has, mean... he has one additional scene or moment or joke that's not in the trailer, and that's it. And it lasted like five seconds.
1: They should have done all the teachers as famous people.
0: Yeah, that would have made more like every teacher is like this other famous person just for the sake of it because they didn't have to sing, they didn't really have to do much. It would have been like really quick, not long film days. I have no idea why John Hamm's in this, and I still don't know. <laughs> so he there it you have owed it. Tina a favor, maybe. Uh, or, maybe
1: or Tina owed owed him a favor. <laughs> Um, he said, so, "I'm dying to be in this movie, Tina." Put maybe that's in. yeah,
0: maybe that—that that was it. He just wanted to be in it. Um, so for me, Mean Girls is a stream it. I was torn between stream it and airplane it because traditionally, this type of movie, I would give an airplane it to because it's like, well, if you're really curious, catch it on an airplane, what have you. The reason why I'm bumping it up to a stream it is, you cannot deny how good this cast is, and it is infectious. They're like, babe, like this. I did leave this movie theater be like, well, that was like fun it was just too similar to the original for my liking. I would have liked to seen something kind of updated and changed. I get it was for a more like modern audience that had a lot more modern references, the internet and TikTok and phones and those types of things were more part of the story. So that upgrade was fine, but it felt very small to me and not big enough to make it seem like, Oh yeah, it makes sense why we're getting another movie. Like I totally understand why we need to have this now. It's too close to the original. So I think, to me, the original can still ring true for you. So I'm, I'm gonna give it a stream it. I think people of this generation might like it, like the younger generation might really enjoy it. I think if you're a musical theater fan, you'll probably enjoy this movie. Um, I just think it lacked, it lacked a lot for me. I was I was disappointed that we didn't really go in too many new different directions, which I was hoping to see. So there you go. Mean girls stream it. As bad as I thought, thinking it was gonna be. No. But also not uh, not, uh, not not blow you away. It's mediocre. A, yeah. Maybe like a tiny step above mediocre. But again, it just didn't do anything different. Like it just didn't. It's it's the same movie. It's almost shot for shot the same movie. It strays away in the middle there. But that is about it. The same beats are all there.
1: I so even, there you go. <laughs> I saw, um just I know we're running out of time. But I saw a clip of her in her Halloween costume. And I'm like that could have been the same. Halloween costume from it's the, the same original movie.
0: <laughs> Halloween costume, same party. Yeah, the, honestly, the beats are very similar. Um, uh, you know, the movie straight a little bit, but again, at the end of the day, it's just Mean Girls a second time with music. There you go. Um, thank you, everybody. Uh, don't forget, Movie Club, you've got until this Friday, the 26th, to send in your thoughts about Scott Pilgrim. We'd love to uh, hear from you, and you'll hear from us next week.
1: Go see some movies.